You are listening to an RPA production where people gather. Ladies and gentlemen, RPA is proud to present Aaron's Horror Show with Aaron Frail. Hi, I'm Orlando Eastwood, director of On the Road, The Search for Bigfoot, and you're listening to Aaron's Horror Show. Welcome to Aaron's Horror Show. I'm your host, Aaron Frail. On Aaron's Horror Show, we're going to go ahead and read some horror fiction and talk about horror in all its forms, books, movies, you name it. If you want to go ahead and get a hold of the show, you can go ahead and contact Aaron's Horror Show at Gmail or Aaron Horror Show on Twitter or Aaron's Horror Show on Facebook. Thank you for listening and enjoy. Welcome to Aaron's Horror Show, and I'm your host, Aaron Frail. Tonight we have part two of my interview with Steve Silver. Uh, I thought it'd be fun for all of you to hear from a movie critic, so, you know, from an audience perspective. And so I brought Steve Silver on the show, and if you haven't caught the first part of this, uh, go ahead and listen to last week's episode, and you'll go ahead and catch up to the interview as it is now. All right, thank you for listening, and here is Steve Silver. So, uh, you know, going back to, to you know, the, the, the horror genre, uh, what do you think of, you know, let's, let's talk about Hitchcock. We kind of talked about Hitchcock a little bit, but what do you think about Hitchcock and in, in the way that he kind of innovated the, the uh, filmmaking process, you know, where, where you know, he uh, kind of invented camera work that kind of previously didn't exist before he, he stepped in? Uh, just... Tell me a little bit about Hitchcock. Yeah, Hitchcock was really a true innovator, and he was a big believer in storyboarding and storyboarded all of the the major set pieces in his films. And, uh, of course, obviously people remember Psycho. They remember... Uh, the birds, but really Psycho was the first all-out horror film that Hitchcock ever made. Uh, yeah. Most of what he'd done before was romantic suspense movies, and uh, you know, with, with people like you know, Cary Grant and Jimmy Stewart. Uh, mm-hmm. But again, he took the time, uh, and one of the things that he insisted on was he did not write himself. He had a stable of writers that he worked with and that he trusted to come up with good scripts and worked off of those scripts. And uh, as a result, uh, uh, there's none of that. Uh, very often, a writer-director gets in the habit of falling in love with his own words. And um, it's not as sharp, but you know Hitchcock didn't didn't see that way. And it's very yeah. meticulous 
in in setting up these scenes and working with them and he was was, was somewhat of an innovator he uh obviously did a, a lot of uh, gimmicky films uh you know people know real oh, yeah. window uh, uh another one rope which was all done in what appeared to be 10 minute long single shots in a single setting so he did a lot of uh uh innovative work and uh but I think he would do very well today because he was able to incorporate a lot of the uh uh at that time state of the art uh techniques into his work I don't think he would be doing something where uh you have giant CGI beasts destroying each other, but yeah, you know, yeah. he would be able to make good judicious work out of that. And again, yeah. uh, uh, it's more of a, not a horror director as much as a, a suspense director, and that's uh, uh, largely what he did. If you see you know, some of the classic scenes of his uh, <clears throat> and see how they were made, like uh, the scene where uh, Cary Grant is on Mount Rushmore and Mark Landau is trying to stomp on his hands so he'll fall and see shots showing them on the mock-ups of Mount Rushmore and how that was done or the, uh, the saboteur where uh, Norman Lloyd falls from the Statue of Liberty and that was back in the 40s, and see how that was done. You know, it's amazing what he was able to do uh, uh, with special effects that were nowhere near as advanced as what we have now. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, one thing that always struck me about about Hitchcock is that he could he could make it feel like <laughs> like you're right there in the, in in the thick of it, but not necessarily do what what we have today where where you know they have basically any trick at their disposal through through CGI you know like i felt like he could he could make it work you know with with what he had oh yeah and and that's what uh the best directors do that and what i really admire are the ones that continue to do that and don't just uh it, in my view, CGI is good, you know, to, you know, to kind of fill things in and smooth things over. And one example was uh, sometimes, uh, uh, wasn't it, but in the original Fast and Furious, uh, way back, uh, which was one of the only ones that was somewhat based in reality, there are yeah. scenes where the characters are jumping onto big rigs and crawling along the side of big rigs and nearly falling off of big rigs, and they had some, uh, you know, they had some harnesses to hold them in place, which got uh, edited out digitally, but you know, it still looked like something that real people could be doing, unlike mm-hmm. the more recent films in which. Uh, they practically the cars practically blast off into space. So, <laughs> yeah, the the laws of physics do do not seem to apply. <laughs> and and that's uh, why uh, again I mentioned the thing, 
if you go back and see the making of and see the puppet work that went into that and just how uh, innovative it was and you know i would stack that up against most of the cgi horror films from today in terms of uh, effectiveness of the special effects and all of that was miniatures and puppet work oh i know i know it's it's interesting because you don't get that sort of level of puppet work really much anymore and i just remember uh you know, a lot of the, the films that I grew up with, uh, being a, a child of the 80s, I, you know, <laughs> with Labyrinth and uh, Dark Crystal and stuff like that, I just remember that, that being a really integral part of the the, the uh, film process, you know, when you, do, you really just don't see the puppet work much anymore. Oh, and, and again, I think... Uh... I think uh, you really lose a lot, and one of the things that uh, I am hoping, and I'm very upset uh, at uh, the Oscars for, as I'm sure you're aware, this year they have added a Best Popular Film category, which uh, (laughs) strikes me as kind of like the gets along well with others awards they used to give out in summer camp. Uh, (laughs) Totally, totally meaningless. And the one award they will not give out is a best stunt work. And I think that's uh, just a horrible shame that they don't recognize traditional stunt work, which made the last Mission Impossible movie so terrific was realizing that all of that was, you know, Tom Cruise and the other people actually doing that stuff. Um, you you get CGI, and it could look like, you know, you and I are fighting on top of an airplane, but uh, in this case, you know, it it was actually Cruise and the other stunt people doing all that stuff. Wow! Wow! Yeah, no, I I love it when I when I hear about that. Uh, one of the the actors that I I highly respect is a uh, Jackie Chan because he uh, one did a lot of his own stunt work, but two he had a worth a work ethic that uh, we just don't have here in the states. He uh, he you know was kind of cut in in Hong Kong films where. If, if you break a leg, it was sort of expected that you keep filming or, or you're, you're cut from the show. And, uh, you know, when he would break a limb here in the States, he would be like, okay, let's continue the shot. And they'd be like, no, no, I got to take a few days off and go see a doctor. And he'd be like, this is amazing. You know, like he, he wasn't uh, prepared for the level of healthcare that we have here, you know. Uh, which is well, kind of interesting. I think that lack, you know, made him, uh, do what he did, you know. Well, yeah, and of course, even here, for a long time, stunt people were lucky to get band-aids put on broken limbs. Mm-hmm. Uh, they went through a heck of a lot, uh, and didn't get a lot of credit for it. Uh, but one of the things about Chan is that, um, and it's a real shame, is that Chan made a couple of movies here. I think he did one of those cannonball run movies in the 80s. Uh, yeah. And didn't, didn't really hit it big here and then went back to 
to Asia where he spent most of his career there. And by the time he came back here, you know, 15, 20 years ago, he was older and not as able physically to do some of the stuff he did before. His best work is, excuse me, is in these Hong Kong films. Yeah. And one of the, the big differences, and this is another thing which upsets me to no end about current films, is that, uh, he believed in choreographing these things so you could see the entire fight and you could actually see him and the other stunt man punching and kicking each other and him doing the flips and all that. And you realize that it was actually them. Of course, they weren't landing all these blows, but uh, uh, that they were actually doing all the, that choreographed work. Nowadays, most of these fight scenes, they just <laughs> over-edit it, so you get a series of one-second shots, and yeah, again, yeah. it could look like you and I were doing it, and it could look like the most exciting thing in the world when uh, we're sitting there in actuality huffing and puffing uh, and trying to stay on stay uh, on our feet. But with Chan's movies, you could see everything in there that, uh, uh, much like Fred Astaire did in the dance movies, you could see the full body and everything that was being done, that it was really uh, that the person supposedly in the scene was the one actually uh, in the scene. Oh yeah, no, I I know what you mean. I mean, I I know I'm gonna get, get in a lot of trouble for saying this, but one of the directors that that is super successful now that I just can't really get into his movies very much is Michael Bay. I I feel that every action scene in the Michael Bay is movie is like a, a less than a one second shot that you just you can't even track what's going on in the battle scenes anymore, and and it just becomes kind of a a, a, a kind of a mess for me. Like I, you know, <laughs> I just kind of lose it right, right when the action starts in his movies because he just can't seem to hold the camera down for <laughs> more than a second, you know. <laughs> well, uh, a lot of people seem to like that, and yeah, it's yeah. a definite uh, it's a definite turnoff for me. But uh, you know, I think that if you're doing these scenes and you're obviously paying stunt people tons of money to to do all this that uh you should see the the fruits of their labors. Mhm. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, speaking of movies, uh I I heard that uh you know, are you okay? Do you need a drink of water or something? Yeah, I uh, I'm trying to. You getting me all choked up here. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know, if you need to take a little bit of a break, that's that's totally fine. No, I'm 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 fine. If uh, uh if you hear a thud it means I've coughed and collapsed, so uh you'll have to talk <laughs> over me. <laughs> well hopefully we we won't hear that because, you know the the uh the listeners It'll are gonna be tough on, get on the getting movie you review. to do a return. <laughs> so uh you know, I, on on the topic of new movies, I know you when we were talking you said that you had uh, an experience with a new movie Venom. Uh, you know, we, before the show, we were talking about how uh, you 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 work in the downtown area of uh, 
of, of Atlanta, and and there are some experience with Venom. So I, I think the listeners would be really interested in that. Yeah, uh, people may not be aware, but uh, the Georgia film industry in recent years has been very aggressive. Um, a number of studios have set up shop here. Marvel Studios does most of their movies here. Tyler Perry does all his movies here. A lot of others. Uh, many movies that are supposedly set in other locations will go somewhere and get some uh, location footage, uh, like the most recent Ant-Man movie. They had some location scenes in San Francisco, and then yeah. the scenes that were obviously filmed, car chases on hills were there. But then things on the flat area were here in Atlanta, and they even uh, they even uh, uh, digitally edited out the street signs to put California names on the streets that they went by. But Georgia is now the number three state in the country for movie making, uh, behind only New York and California. So a lot of uh, films are done here, and. Uh, I worked downtown in a building uh, that was originally called the Inn Forum. It's a six-story building with an atrium that goes all the way to the top and glass elevators and curving floors. So you know, it's a pain in the rear end because you got to walk twice as far to get to your office, to the elevator and back. But it's very striking visually, so a number of films have been uh, done here, and the Venom movie was filmed here in Atlanta, and they filmed scenes uh, for about three days right before Christmas in our uh, in our building. And what they did was they uh, took the elevators and they covered up some of the elevators with futuristic-looking push buttons and. Uh, sign indicating this was supposedly the headquarters of this super secret villainous organization and made it look uh, very uh, like futuristic offices and there was a scene in the lobby where uh, Riz Ahmed who is one of the co-stars and plays an executive with this villainous group uh, was giving a press conference and talking about how wonderful his group was and all the wonderful things they were doing. And we were, uh, I work on the third floor watching it from there, and there were people all the way up to the sixth floor watching the scene as it was shot. Uh, of course, they will keep the cameras at ground level for that, uh, but uh, you, know, you got to see them do some takes and uh uh, some of the shooting on that. Unfortunately for me, uh, Tom Hardy was there filming some scenes, but uh, uh, poor me, I had to work during when that was going on, so I didn't oh, get no. to see, didn't see that, but I kind of got a, uh, a consolation prize on that. And uh, it was like three days. Uh, a lot of it they did at night so that uh, people would be out of the way and they could move around more freely, but uh, they did a good bit of daytime shoots as well. Uh, and, and again, uh, uh, it's just one of many scenes. Uh, 
a lot of times I will watch a movie, and even if it's a bad movie, if I know it's filmed here, uh, just try to guess where some of these uh, some of these shots take place. Oh yeah, no, I'm I'm from Albuquerque originally, and, and that's another film town, and a lot of the Transformers and, and Terminator Salvation and stuff like that was, was filmed there more recently, and you know Breaking Bad, of course, that that <laughs> series, I I kind of like look and go, oh look, I know that you know <laughs> location. Uh, so you know, we're, it looks like we're kind of running out of time here. But uh, you know, go, go ahead and let the listeners know where they can find you. How, if they want to get a hold of you, or if they want to go to your website, uh, go ahead and let them know what, where they can they can find you. All right. Well, first, let me say I really enjoy your having me on here, and I hope we've had fun. And um, I certainly uh, enjoyed. It. It's been a blast. My website is www.silverscreenvideos.com You can follow me on Facebook. It's Silver Screen Videos, S-I-L-V-E-R-S-C-R-E-E-N-V-I-D-E-O-S. That's my uh, Facebook page. My Twitter is, because you only have 15 characters on Twitter, is S-I-L-V-E-R-S-C-R. V-I-D-E-O-S, uh, and follow me on Twitter, and uh, I usually post links to all my reviews and comments and so forth, uh, and try to try to keep things updated uh, several times a week, so. Oh, great. Well, great, great. Thank you so much for, for sharing that information, and, and I completely appreciate you being on here, too. I think we had a really great conversation, and I think the listeners are really going to enjoy it. Well, I hope so, and I'm looking forward to hearing it myself. I hope I didn't <laughs> embarrass myself. No, you did great. You did great. I'll make sure I, I send you that link, and, and, and thank you once again. So I'm going to ask you to stay on the line here for, for a few moments. All right, that was Steve Silver. All right, Steve, if you're listening, thank you so much for coming on the show. If you are looking for more podcasts to listen to, we got podcasts for you. Real Paranormal Activity with Aaron Hunter is on Mondays. I'm on Tuesdays. Terry's Mysterious Moments with Terry from Texas is on Wednesdays. And Sandman's Lullaby with Patrick Sean Jones is on Thursdays. Thank you for listening and have a good night.